Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're teaching on theology. This is the sixth lesson in the subject of theology. It's called Time Periods and Dispensations. We live in a unique time period called the Church Age, and what God has revealed for us and given for us just outweighs any other time period, the greatness of the Church. Let's go to the Word of God and be blessed together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. We've been taking up, and so far five of them, we're taking up theology classes. And so some are taking more than one lesson, but we started out with the subject of understanding theology, the study of God. Then we went into the fall of man, talking about Adam and Eve and when they fell and what caused uh, to come upon us from what they did. In Adam all die, so when Adam died, we died. We talked about faith for salvation, which honestly, although it sounds simple, there's so much confusion on that today that people think in the Old Testament that people were saved by keeping the law when that has never happened. And faith has always been the means of pleasing God. We talk about unlimited atonement which literally gets into the fact that Jesus Christ died for everybody, not just a select few, and not that God, uh, one that God sovereignly chose. We talked about advocacy last time and took up the fact that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are advocates, defense attorneys, uh, brought there by God to work with us during times when we sin or times we need breakthroughs in prayer, that they are sent there as our advocate. And today we're going to take a look at the church. We're going to talk about the doctrine of the church, and we're going to talk about the dispensation we live in, and that is the church age, and talk about the different time periods that God has set up. And uh, contrary to what some people think, God does think logically. He thinks in progression. He starts with a certain thing and works toward a goal. And that's exactly what we're going to be taking up here today as we talk about the doctrine of dispensations and of times. And so the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, God the Father's, uh, works with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, that whenever God plans something, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals it, but Jesus Christ is the one who executes the plan, and that includes the setting up of time periods and dispensations. For God did not only create the visible things we see, but also the invisible things we see, and that's where time comes in, and we'll talk about that today. So I welcome all those who are here for the first time. I welcome those who are here for the numbers of times, and those who are today are part of the partnership that I have, those who work with me, and your hearts have been joined to me about the importance of the Word of God and that people understand the Word of God. You know, the things we are studying are not for just Bible school students, but I will say this, we're all Bible school students. That's why we come to church. I pastored for 33 years and told the congregation, I'm going to treat you like a Bible school. I'm going to treat you like students at a Bible school, and you're going to walk out of here smarter, but you're going to understand so many things. I had a doctor tell me one day, I went in for a physical, and so he told me, he said, you know, what do you do? I said, I pastor a church. He said, which one? I told him the name of the church, and he just kind of got quiet. He wouldn't say anything. And I thought, well, maybe he's had some bad experience with some of the people of our church, or maybe just something he's heard. And as he went on talking, he said, now, what's that church again? I told him, he said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, I thought it was some other church. He said, I know about that church. He said, in fact, I have two or three people here on staff that attend your church. He said, they are the most faithful, dependable people. Well, I could have popped my buttons off if I'd had a shirt on, but I didn't. 
But it just did me good to hear about that. And I thought this is exactly what Bible teaching does. It equips you to be stable in the midst of the world. And that stability is seen by the world. And that stability is actually a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only do you tell people about Jesus Christ, you display him. You show him to the world. And that's what we're doing here. So today, let's get into the doctrine of dispensations and times. And while I'm speaking to you, go ahead and find Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to take a look at the opening two verses while you're finding that if you'd like to become a partner with me, and I would cherish having you as a partner with me. I'd love to have you as a partner with me because I've got a group of people that just faithfully give month after month after month. And should we have some special project come up? They give there too. And I haven't told any of them how much to give, but you know what? The same would be true for you. You give as you purpose in your heart. If your heart is joined to my teaching and you're joined to this ministry, would you become a partner with me? You can find out all about it on our website, bobyandian.com. What is a dispensation? What is a time period in the word of God? We're talking about dispensations and times. And so what is a dispensation? The Greek word is oikonomia. And the word oikonomia means the administrator over a household. Oikos, which is the beginning of this word, is the word for house. And namos, which is the end of this, is the law. It's a time period or an administration. We have administrations in our own country, administration of this president, and then he moves out. The nation looks pretty much the same when one moves out and another moves in, but the ideas change, the way he administrates change, and that's the way God has been. In every time period, how God has worked with people, how he's shown himself, how he's displayed his, uh, his character, it's a little different in each time period, and we get that same word again, administrator or administration, and so a dispensation is an administration or an administrator over a household. And that's what the word means. Synonyms used for dispensation. Palumeros is the word for time periods. And so also dispensations are called time periods in the word of God. They're also called, the Greek word is ion, which means ages. And then there's times and seasons. So there's a breakdown of these things. And oftentimes within a dispensation, we have separate times and we have separate seasons. There are seven dispensations seven administrations from the time that Adam came to this earth to the end of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. And we'll cover those here after we cover Hebrews chapter one, verses one and two. Let me break these down. Verse one is talking about the Old Testament. Verse two is talking about the New Testament. Verse one is talking about how God worked in the Old Testament. And verse two is talking about how God works in the New Testament, the church age. Verse one says this, God who at different times, here's that word palumeros, and the word means time periods. God who at different time periods and in different manners, palutropos is this word, palumeros, means different time periods, and palutropos means different ways. God, who at different time periods, and in those different time periods, spoke in different ways in time past. Time past is the Old Testament. Notice this, to the fathers by the prophets, the Old Testament is primarily written to the Jews and to their fathers and is written by the Old Testament prophets. Verse two, has in these last days, that's the church age, spoken unto us, that's Gentiles, that's those in the church, those who have been born again. It says, has spoken to us by his son. Again, this is the New Testament writings, whom he has appointed heir of all things, 
by whom or through whom also he made the worlds. And this isn't talking about the planets. It's talking about the ages and dispensations. This is the word ion. Jesus Christ not only created all of visible things around us because the Father worked through him, but Jesus Christ also created time. And so what we have here in these verses of scripture is this, the same God, the same Father spoke in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He spoke in the Old Testament through the prophets, but he has spoken in the New Testament through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Jesus Christ, the son, spoke through the apostles who wrote the New Testament. He spoke to two people groups, one mainly in each Testament. Now, the Old Testament is mainly to the Jews, although there's some writings to the Gentiles. And in the New Testament, it's mainly to the Gentiles, but there is some writing to the Jews, such as the book of Hebrews. So again, he spoke to two people groups, one mainly in each Testament to the Jews in the Old Testament and to the Gentiles and to the church in the New Testament. How God approached man was different in each time period. What do we mean by that? God who at different times and in different ways. In every time period, God approached man in different ways. How God approached mankind was different in each time period. What do I mean? Well, in the garden, personal visits. How would you like to live in the Garden of Eden? And Jesus Christ shows up every day at a specific time and so you have personal visits from God. Angels come and personally visit you. And then in the Old Testament, also in different time periods, the prophets appeared. Sacrifices came teaching about God. The cloud, the fire, the law was given. But how man approached God has always been the same. I'm going to say that again. How God approached mankind in each dispensation from God to man was different. God approached with personal visits, angels, prophets, sacrifices, clouds, fire, the giving of the law. All those things were seen, but now how man approached God has always been the same. How is it? By faith. How did Adam and Eve approach him? By faith. Go down the list. By faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Moses. How was it? By faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. God approached man in so many different ways, but the way that man approached God has always been the same by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verses one through three. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen by it, that is faith. The elders obtained a good report. This is a testimony. And that's what's listed here in Hebrews chapter 11. The testimony of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Moses, and right down the list of Abraham, Sarah, right on into the time of the kings, all the different ones. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, and this Greek word is the word ion, and through faith, we understand that the ages or the dispensations were framed or fit together, one attached to another by the spoken word of God. The Greek word here is rhema. And so spoken by the, by the spoken word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. What it's simply saying is the things we see around here, they don't appear like, you know, like the Republicans say or the Democrats say it, this type of thing or education tells us what this verse is saying is God can make things appear out of nowhere because why he still creates today. And a lot of things that we see happening today, we try to figure out by the news how it's going on. And in a lot of cases, it's Satan behind the scene causing things or God behind the scenes undoing what Satan has done and redoing it for his own blessing.
Let's talk about the dispensations. I mentioned there are seven dispensations or seasons, and the Greek word here is kairos. Again, seasons or times at which certain foreordained events take place. The first one we have is innocence, and it lasted from the creation to the fall of man. The second one is conscience, and that's from the fall of man to the flood of Noah. Human government from the flood to the Tower of Babel. The dispensation of promise from Abraham to Egyptian captivity. We have the dispensation of the law, that is from Sinai until the time of the cross. We have the church age next, that's the dispensation of grace, and that lasted after the resurrection of Jesus from the day of Pentecost until the rapture of the church comes and we are approaching that rapidly. And then the seventh one, the last one, is the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, and that lasts from the end of the tribulation to the time of the great white throne judgment. So what we have here is we have times and we have dispensations. And so we have periods of times, but then we have overlapping time periods. And again, we find that. Let's talk about time periods for just a moment. We have the times of the Gentiles. And the times of the Gentiles lasted through a couple of three dispensations, but the times of the Gentiles lasted from Adam to Abraham. And then the times of the Jews began, Abraham until the Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Then we have the times of the Gentiles again, and that is the day of Pentecost until the rapture of the church. And then we have the Jews again, and that will be during the time of the tribulation and will last from the rapture of the church until the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And then finally, the last one will be the times of the Jews and Gentiles together. That will be the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see you right after the break. We'll come back and talk about the uniqueness of the church age. Bible doctrines are easy to understand. They only seem difficult because they often come disguised as complicated or deep sounding concepts, but their explanations are simple. In Theology Simplified, Volume 2, Bob Yandian breaks down eight more foundational doctrines that will bring strength and stability to your Christian life. Twelve messages include the Bible doctrines of advocacy, the church, dispensations, the fall of man, the study of God, the judgments, faith for salvation, and unlimited atonement. These 12 episodes from the Student of the Word broadcasts are available as audio CDs, video DVDs, or both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Theology Simplified Volume 2, visit our website at bobyandian.com. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Without the Word of God, our lives would be unstable and without direction. There would be no hope for believers or, for that matter, the entire world. In this seven-part series, Pastor Bob Yandian emphasizes and explains the vital necessity of the Word of God in the life of every believer. Sermon titles include A More Sure Word of Prophecy, The Inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God's Reputation, The Wisdom of God's Word, The Merchandise of Wisdom, Wisdom, Riches, and Honor, and Jesus, Our Wisdom. To order Importance of the Word, go to bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Let's talk about the mystery. Interesting word. You've heard this before if you've heard me teach on end times, but I'm gonna apply it here to the time periods of dispensations and talk about that the dispensation of the mystery is another term for the church age. Mystery, the Greek word is mysterion. It's more like a transliteration than a translation. But mystery refers to teachings that were hidden in the past, but revealed to us today. And like mysteries today, clues were dropped before the understanding came of what the mystery was. Clues were scattered throughout the Old Testament about the church and New Testament teachings. And Jesus was the, actually the first one to use the word church, and he introduced it to his disciples. Matthew 13, 11, Mark chapter 4, verses 10 and 11, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the word church simply mean a place of gathering. And it re referred more to the people who attended than the building itself. And so when he used the word church, I'm sure they nodded and looked at each other and said, what's a church? I don't know, never heard that term before. Jesus was introducing it, but an understanding of it didn't come until after the day of Pentecost. And why is that? We kind of quickly covered it before the break, but the time period of the church began on the day of Pentecost and runs all the way till the rapture of the church. Since the uh, day of Pentecost has not occurred yet and the disciples have not gone to the upper room, the Holy Spirit has not been poured out, the church has not started, then they don't understand the word church. But they did later on because it was a word that was introduced and found many times in the book of Acts. It's a reference to two things. Number one, the church universal. That's everybody who's put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And it's also used for the local church. Whenever it's used for the worldwide church, it's always singular. But it can be plural, such as in the Galatians, where it refers to the churches of Galatia in reference to local churches. But the word again is a word that was thrown in all of a sudden by Jesus Christ. Christ, but again, there was droppings throughout the Old Testament. God put a, a you know, he put a little uh, saying here. He dropped a little teaching here. He meant, he introduced some things about the church that was yet to come. And we find this in the book of Hebrews where much of what was brought out about the church in the Old Testament has been introduced to the New Testament. So mystery is the New Testament time period, period. It's just another name for the church age. Ephesians chapter three, take a look at this verse with me, verses one through six, Great verse of scripture. And here Paul, especially in the book of Ephesians, mentions the church so often and how that it's part of what we would call the mystery. A mystery, to simply qualify, a mystery was something that was not taught about in the Old Testament introduced in the New. And so it was not a mystery to us. It was a mystery to them. And then after the church age is over, it will be a mystery again. They will not know about it. The church age again, it started at Pentecost, ends at the rapture of the church, and this is the time period of the mystery. Ephesians chapter three, verses one through six says this, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ on behalf of you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, that's the church age, which is given to me, 
for you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, here's the word I own. It's a reference to dispensations, which in the previous dispensations was not made known to the sons of men, as it is now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. Boy, there's something that was not mentioned in the Old Testament, that the Gentiles would be fellow heirs with the Jews, but not with all Jews. It was with those who put their faith and trust in the Lord. And so that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So in the New Testament, mystery refers to church age teachings and doctrine. Not only does it refer to the church, but teaches what we teach. It tells what we teach and that what we teach mainly was not even available, was not even known in the Old Testament, except through types and shadows. There were things again, as God, again, as I said, dropped clues throughout the Old Testament. Much of it was seen in the law and it was seen in the tabernacle and all the things that were there. So in the New Testament, mystery refers to the church age teachings and doctrines. We relish righteousness. They didn't know what righteousness was. A place in the body of Christ, individual callings, the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us. We can operate in spiritual gifts. Unknown in the Old Testament, but given to us in the New Testament. And so the church age is the dispensation of the mystery. To refer to the church age and talk about the dispensation of the mystery is really the same thing. The church age began at Pentecost and it ends at the rapture of the church. Mystery teaches a united Jewish and Gentile church where we often think the Old Testament was Jewish, the New Testament is Gentile. Actually, the Old Testament was primarily Jewish and the New Testament is primarily Gentile, but in the New Testament is the mingling together and coming together of Jews and Gentiles from the church at Jerusalem to the church at Antioch to the church of, you know, all the way down from the time of Paul getting his call in Galatia and Ephesus and Colossae, all those other ones, a huge conglomerate of Jews and Gentiles coming together all with one thing in common. They put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and God no longer sees them as just Jews and Gentiles. He sees them as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and will just as quickly call a Jew into the ministry as a Gentile into the ministry, just as quickly anoint a Gentile as he would a Jew. And we find the two working together throughout the New Testament and especially into the book of Acts. Understanding the mystery produces obedience to God. Romans chapter 16, verses 25 and 26 says this. Paul says this at the closing of the book of Romans, to him who is able to stabilize you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery. Notice this, it says that God can stabilize you when you gain an understanding of the mystery. We have so many today that wanna to only study the Old Testament, those that only wanna study the New Testament. But I can say this, if you want stability in the things of God, primarily stay with the New Testament. Let the Old Testament be to help confirm things in the New Testament, but the New Testament, 
Testament is revelation that Moses never had, Elijah never had. The prophets of the Old Testament would gladly trade places with you today. Give up the writing of those giant books they wrote back there, such as Isaiah and Jeremiah and the five books that Moses wrote. They gladly turned that in to just stand here in this time period and see the one they prophesied of stand next to him, hear the teaching coming out of his mouth and understand this. Even angels don't understand what we're talking about today. They stand in silence. They probably come to church and listen to what we're teaching and they have to understand it because it was never given to them. Again, even the mystery is a mystery to angelic beings. So it says again that Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world or the Ion dispensation and ages began. From the beginning of the dispensations, the time periods God laid out that the church was kept a secret, verse 26, but now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Let's talk about what mystery includes. Mystery includes for the church age, again, not taught in the Old Testament, the individual priesthood of every believer the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The individual priesthood of every believer was totally unknown. They had one tribe, Levi, where the, where the priesthood came from. But God's original desire was to have a whole nation of priests. He mentioned this in Exodus chapter nine, where that was his intention. But because of the sin that came out of the camp, he picked one tribe to be the priestly tribe. So the individual priesthood of each believer began on the day of Pentecost. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit who is with you shall be in you. That was something revolutionary, something new. The infilling of the Holy Spirit. And again, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, where we receive the Holy Spirit, speak with tongues, begin to operate in signs, wonders, and miracles. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Something that happened to certain individuals for a limited time now is given to each believer who would open themselves to it for as long as we live. The church itself is part of the mystery. The body of Christ is another name for the church and not mentioned in the Old Testament. And the bride of Christ is also another term for the body of Christ and the church. And the fact that spiritual gifts are available to all believers. Let's talk about what mystery does not include. The mystery does not include the death of Jesus Christ. Why? It occurred before the day of Pentecost and was well documented in the Old Testament. In fact, there's a lot of verses, Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, and even more verses than that, describing the death of Jesus Christ, even the fact that he went to a cross. The ascension of Jesus Christ, going into heaven and being seated at the right hand of the Father, mystery, does not include that because why? All of these occurred before the church age, before the day of Pentecost. They were well documented in the Old Testament. Here's something else. The tribulation is not part of the mystery. Why? It occurs when the church is gone. Notice this, we have the church. What occurred before the church is not part of the mystery. What occurs after the church is not part of the mystery. So the tribulation is not part of the mystery. The millennium, that occurs after the tribulation. And again, all of this occurs after the rapture of the church and the eternal state. So again, we find this, the rapture 
is part of the mystery. Why? Because it was not taught in the Old Testament and it is not taught in the four gospels. Some mention of it is there, but no teaching on it, no opening it up for even Jesus said, I'm gonna go away to be with my father. He said, you'll see me go away. He says, I'll come back and take you again with me to heaven. So that was a reference to the rapture, but no teaching on it. I'm sure they probably nodded and went, what's he talking about? I have no idea. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51 through 53 talks about, says this, behold, I show you a mystery. This is the rapture of the church. The rapture is part of the mystery. Behold, I show you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Notice the opening phrase, behold, I show you a mystery. So the rapture was not taught in the Old Testament. In fact, it wasn't even taught in the four gospels. It was mentioned, but not taught. And the teaching of it comes in the books of Thessalonians. Also, it's mentioned again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and taught there. And this is what God is simply telling us here in these verses of scripture. When we come back tomorrow, I'm gonna talk about the mystery, what it does include. It includes Israel's partial blindness during the time period we live in. And that the fact that the mystery was always known in the heart of God. And we have that today, something that gives us strength each and every day. Have a good day and I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.